0: Almost gonna fall for Martinez. they'll
1: trying to get there. Martinez finishes to give away the ball. It's an absolute peach from the Paraguay and Miguel Almirón. Atlanta United, in
0: just their second year of existence, have won MLS Cup.
1: our final jcm jones from other and jerusalem soccer some of the time to patch every time the game and jerusalem soccer all the time is over there and kurt castle was on the intro jeff lorenitz was just on the patreon patreon.com slash five stripe right, final and i think that's it that's all i got joe we made it I, I we made it bit. to the
0: end of the season
1: we did it hooray Yay. hooray Okay. congratulations uh, to all uh, of us uh, for uh, surviving largely uneventful so most, so I mean, it, it was it was sketchy there for a second, but a largely uneventful decision day on the eastern side of MLS. On the western side, things went a little uh, crazy town, banana pants, I guess is the way I would Apparently, was it.
0: the apparently the Rapids won the West.
1: Yes, as we all predicted, right? The the, yeah, the lowest wild. payroll in the league, Colorado Rapids. <laughs> is that is that that's, is that right? That's right. Yep. Holy With, shit! Uh, the lowest DP output of any team. In the league, they had uh, one, Eunice Namely, who played about maybe six hundred minutes. So if you look at the difference in DP contributions between New England, who won the Eastern Conference, who lead the league in DP contributions, it's about like, it's like 55,000 minutes difference because they have three DPs who played most <laughs> of their games. That is not a joke. That's, that's re- wild. That's, real. that's, that's crazy. That's real. Uh, LA United DPs came through yesterday. At least one of them did at the very least. Joseph Martinez gets a big goal 2-1 win over cincinnati that was far far hairier than it had to be for any god dang reason but here we are it's what it was we got it done and atlanta united finishes the day in fifth place in the eastern conference dude
0: that first <laughs> half man that was i was getting so mad
1: <laughs> i I,
0: I was getting nearly as nearly as mad
1: as Brad <laughs> um who apparently uh, had some words for folks in the locker room at <laughs> halftime for sure. Which understandably I was also getting mad in a way that I was not expecting to. Uh because I came into it thinking, you know what, they, you know, they win. Um my dog has my hat stop. They win if uh they get into the playoffs pretty much no matter what. Like why am I going to be concerned about this? Right. You know, it, right. it's whatever. But then when you're when you look totally obsolete against Cincinnati, you deserve ire You deserve people to be angry with you on on multiple levels and you deserve to be angry with yourself. And I think they were. I think they were because they came out much sharper in the second half.
0: I mean, it was a continuation, certainly, of the kind of play that we were seeing on the field as they showed against Red Bulls. And, you know, that was the conversation that we were having after the Red Bulls game, which was. Is was that performance good or bad? Because you could look at it as good because they essentially clinched themselves a playoff spot, but also bad for the obvious reason in the way that they played. And when they came out against Cincinnati in that first half, it just didn't look like there was anything really different about them in terms of the, the ideas, the creativity, the going forward, the willingness to be on the front foot in the game. they were just kind of um, trying not to get too, uh, too visual here. It was bad. It was, it was, (laughs) I was about to, I was about to repeat something that, I was told in high school football practice once, but I'll just say that it was just not good. It was. um, It was really annoying and frustrating and didn't inspire any kind of hope uh, for this team in the playoffs. But then the second half came around and I think that all of us are feeling a little bit better based on based on what we saw
1: there. We're going to talk about that second half and more in just a few moments in sports prime game time. But first, a couple of things to get to in business time. Business time, okay. Joe, Patrick. First thing we want to get to this real quick. Uh, looks like Tiago Amata is, is on his way to Atlanta United officially. That being confirmed, I believe, by Seal Merlo, had it first. And then Fabrizio Romano came in and confirmed, I believe, his reporting. So that looks like it's happening. I have thoughts on that. And maybe those should be reserved for, for later and not in a, a business time segment. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's obviously some baggage there, some baggage I don't necessarily think it makes sense to to bring along into the team, you know, and there are going to be some questions that have to be asked and will need to be answered by the Atlanta night Front Office about that.
0: Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, certainly, obviously, what we're talking about here is the scan, the, the sexual abuse charges that were levied on him this past winter, um, which. I'm trying to look into, I've been trying to look into how those were officially resolved and I can't really find anything it's very murky. Extremely. Um, yep. But uh, I, again, I'll just repeat something that I did reach out to a couple people that are based in Argentina. I don't want to say who they are, but um, neither of them, uh, when in talking to them um, said that it was really a big deal. Uh, again, I'll repeat something that I said earlier, which is that one of the sources said that they thought that it was like a political situation um you could take that for what it's worth i'm just kind of repeating what i've heard but it's it's again it's just it all we know is that it's just it's yeah a murky situation but it has it has been resolved considering he's able to acquire his visa so um and then obviously there was the uh the his racial gesture of doing the slanted eyes thing which is um really like gross to see for us as like Americans, but um, you know, they're again maybe the we're same getting too time. maybe like, we're it, getting too it, into this for business time, but um, yeah, this might be too much business it's, time. Sh- it's shocking. It's, it's the, shocking the, to the, see the, something like that.
1: It is, and you know what? Even across cultures, there's no way that's respectful in any way. So some red flags there. Um, we'll talk about it more in depth later. And again, there there are questions we're gonna ask and they'll need to be answered. And we'll get to those when the time comes. For now, though, Atlanta United clinches the fifth seed in uh, the Eastern Conference. They're matched up with NYCFC. Can
0: can I say, I I just wanted to add one more thing about the Almada thing. The weirdest transfer rumor saga thing I've ever seen because he (laughs) is um, like... I looked at some reports saying from some Marseille based reports because he was linked to Marseille last summer. And there was a report from July saying that Atlanta United had beaten Marseille's bid with a 20 million euro bid. That would be like twenty three million dollars. That would be huge. But that figure has not been floating around in any of these rumors, which I think is part of the reason why it's not really being like it's not like whole like blowing up MLS Twitter because Mm -hmm. that figure just hasn't been around. And, And also just the the news. Has just kind of trickled out um, instead of it kind of being this kind of bombshell report that it's happening. So it's been I would just say it's been a weird one just in the way that um, it hasn't really been this like explosive thing because he is a player that is has long been thought of, at least for the last couple of years as, you know, one of, if not the most talented um, players in South America, not just in Argentina, but in all of South America. So I, I really do think that, um, you know, the talent, just, just looking at his talent, it's there. I also have questions about, you know, you know, it, it just the mentality of a player like him who clearly stated that like he wants to be in Europe, which of course, like you would expect that, but um, okay. like, it seems like he's ready to to do like a year and then, and then Skidaddle, which is, you know, I think pff, Atlanta United would probably love that if it happened because it would mean really good things for them on the field. But it's just when a player comes in with that mentality, can backfire pretty, pretty hard and um create for a uh a, a much worse situation, I guess, yeah, overall.
1: We keep kind of talking about the 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 pipeline, right? Like the South America to, to MLS to somewhere in Europe pipeline and you know. I guess it's there, but it hasn't been necessarily outstanding for, for a lot of folks, you know. And Miguel is kind of the outlier in a lot of it, yeah. You know, at this point, so yeah. it's uh, interesting to see and, that that and, continues. And Miguel to be an had moved.
0: Miguel had moved leagues and moved countries before he came to MLS, which yeah. is an important point, you know. He he was he's Paraguayan, and then he moved to so, so you know you can maybe I don't know how like you know difficult that kind of transition is for a Paraguayan player to move to Argentina and things like that, but at least he had had some kind of experience with making that kind of adjustment early in his career that I think probably helped suit him uh suited his move to Atlanta. So you never know how guys are going to to respond to that kind of move, but um yeah, I mean it certainly seems like
1: it's happening. So um there's that. There's that. We'll we'll get into it a little more down the road when that becomes more of a forefront part of, yeah, of our at this discussions. Yeah, after, yeah after when we season, talk about front here, office yeah. moves, roster composition, um, that kind of thing. But, but it seems to be coming. Um, and uh, I offered more thoughts on Sydney Hunt show at Five Stripes tonight. Uh, you can check that on Facebook and I think uh, YouTube. It's on, on YouTube as well. I like so really want to see me get into it a little bit, um, but we'll save that for now. For now, because for now, we're going to move on to uh, again, Elena Knight, Fifth Seed. In the Eastern Conference, on their way to play NYCFC. Some people have said that those dates have been announced. I don't actually know where those are. They're not on the the official Mothership website yet, but we'll know eventually uh, what time and what day those games are going down. Want to run through the rest of the East right quick. New England, of course, first. Philadelphia, second. Nashville, third. NYCFC, fourth. Atlanta, fifth. (laughs) Orlando, sixth. And Red Bulls, seventh. (laughs) It, It does look nice to look at the standings and think about all the nonsense that's gone on this season and then see Atlanta go down Orlando go down Red Mm -hmm. Bulls that's that's nice that's nice it's crazy
0: it's crazy considering you know what Orlando was in second for earlier this season Mm -hmm. I mean they were like kind of looking like one of the hot teams in MLS like they had um, MLS Cup hopes and you know maybe mm-hmm. they, can. they still do you never know you know yeah I mean MLS uh, you never know um, and they've certainly got talent but yeah I mean I think it's a testament to Atlanta United more more so than anything just the way they've been able to turn things around I think Gonzalo Pineda said after the game last night that last time they went to Cincinnati which I guess was in uh, Rob Valentino his first game mm-hmm. I want to say they were they had 13 points through 13 games wow. and now they have whatever it is um, averaging almost two points per game since then so a really, really good turnaround for Atlanta United. Although, you know, these last couple of games are are interesting because they really do kind of throw a wrench into what we would consider this like great turnaround. I'm going to put a wrench in
1: that immediately. Um, numbers, stats, those things. Uh, they, they all seem to suggest that your late form heading into the playoffs is not an indication of oh, success. Ooh, interesting. That seems to be true across sports a lot of those studies have come in in baseball and hockey and things like that and people be like oh this is the hot team here they come and they're gone you know um (laughs) yeah yeah but you can maybe look at long-term success so i mean if Atlanta united has been one of the best teams over the entirety of the second half of the season that is a that is a statistically relevant thing and the same with the braves were like very good over the entirety of the second half of their season not just in the last few weeks like you know the Cardinals who were out immediately. Yeah. Um, So yep. that is something to keep in mind that that, that late form doesn't necessarily correlate in the way you might think and the way you hmm. might think.
0: Yeah. Ah, uh-huh. I wish we'd asked Jeff about that because that's interesting. Like yeah. the playoff, the whole dynamic of dynamic of uh playoff sports is interesting to me. And it it's is. interesting yeah. that, those teams can't necessarily carry it in I hadn't even thought about the kind of the Cardinals in that <laughs> respect anyway we're probably losing <laughs>
1: losing listeners talking about baseball Might but say. uh yeah no that is that is interesting yep um shout out to baseball by the way for or shout out to soccer at least having the advantage over baseball and at least having their buses go way slower during parades i think that's a big <laughs> yeah. big big win for soccer <laughs> There. A big <laughs> one for Lane Night as well. We're gonna talk you gotta about gotta Tighten that up right your now. hat on top of the baseball bus. You gotta make sure it's not flying off. It'd avoid projectile beer being flown at you, things like that. Um we're gonna talk yeah. about a big win for lady Night right now, though, in sports prime game time. Sports time, game time, sports time, game time, sports prime, game time, sports prime, game time, sports game prime time. Time sports, prime game time, sports 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 prime game time, yeah. Sports prime game time, Joe Patrick, and we already hit at it just a little bit, but the first half was a hot dumpster fire trash heap. Didn't love it. Didn't love it one bit. Mm. No, it was it was terrible. Um,
0: Brad <laughs> had a pretty interesting press conference yesterday, came into the press conference full of energy, was really happy to see our friend Chris Winkler in the room. I don't know if they hadn't seen each other in a while or whatever, but uh, that was pretty funny. Obviously, very just on a high from winning the game. But then pretty much immediately when starting when asked about the first half, went, um was just you know, saying how it wasn't good enough and all that stuff. And I think clearly Bragazan was probably um making his voice known in in the locker room at halftime. Um because yeah, I mean it was terrible. It was I, I said earlier, kind of a continuation of what we saw against Rebels. And it's just, you know, on top of anything um about what it may mean for the team going into the postseason and whatnot. Mainly, it just sucks to sit there and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really boring. And it's like, especially if, you know, that's not the kind of soccer you want to, like, introduce a friend to. If you're watching it at, at a friend's house or something, you know, it's just uh, not not great. So it was pretty, pretty rough.
1: rough they rough give, give up a goal to Bailey. I can't remember his first some name because he plays for Cincinnati. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. It was his first,
0: his first, first MLS goal, goal, goal right? Like first 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 goal. was
1: Brandon Vasquez, I guess. So they're down one nothing heading into the half. And then... Um, they change things around. Um Anton comes off for moraine. And the team Yeah. correct adjusts, goes to a back four, and things picked up. Things picked up immediately. Then The n- difference was noticeable. That's part tactic, that's part mentality as well. We just talked to Jeff, like we said, for for our Patreon, patreon.com slash five trap final. That interview will be up sometime later this week. Um, and you know, he, he mentioned this. It was it was players. Being willing to step out, those players being willing to to get in and make tackles and then make runs forward, that mentality was lacking severely in the first half. And you know, when you get in the locker room and, and yell at each other about stuff. That was probably the first thing that came up was why are we not getting into the ball? Also, it's Cincinnati. What are we doing? <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. uh, that that changed <sighs> in the second half.
0: I mean, you hear uh, you hear teams in soccer It's like one of the things you hear is, uh, you know, you respect the opponent too much. And I do feel like that's kind of part of it, especially when you're it just like goes hand in hand with the tactics of like playing back three against Cincinnati, um, especially when Cincinnati essentially knows you're going to be setting up in a back three. That's what you've been doing for most of the season. Um, You just lend them too much respect. And we saw Atlanta just able to in the second half be able to play with two center backs and really be able to to dominate the game again that we hadn't seen them do in a, in a couple games. And I just think that, um, you know, we were talking about with Jeff, but I think that the mentality and the tactics kind of go hand in hand, you know, if you look at the XG that Atlanta United created, they created 0.3, I think in the first half and, and two in the second half. And so, you know, you could say that that's down to mentality, but I also think that when, um, the, the, your runs are getting rewarded more and you're able positionally, you're dispossessing the opponent and winning the ball back and creating things for yourself because of the tactics that, like, that's going to give you some inspiration to, to run more and change your mentality a bit. So I think that these things go hand in hand. And I think the players and Gonzalo Pineda were like skewing it more towards the mm-hmm. mentality. And I understand why, because, um, you have to, you have like that has to kind of be the initial it's almost like a chicken and egg situation, but like you, you, the mentality has to be there going into the playoffs and they want to make sure that that's right. But also like the tactics heavily influenced that mentality. And I think that they, they clearly got that right in the second half as
1: well. They got it right. They got it right. It leads to a goal from miles Robinson off a corner. Um, thanks to the random Cincinnati dude who had a ball go behind them. It was going to literally no one. It was going to roll out for a goal. kick. And he just decided that he needed to slide and kick it out for a corner? <laughs> We thank him greatly for that. <laughs> yeah. it leads to a quick corner from Zeke, goes right to <laughs> Miles Robinson, who skies for one and scores his first MLS goal. Which that didn't sound right when it when it happened, and I realized it was because of all his goals he scored with the USMNT this year. I think it's three now, and I
0: think he scored in US Open yeah. Cup as well. I'm not sure. sure. I'm not positive on that. I remember but, that yeah. competition
1: when it happened. It, yeah, yeah, that happens. Atlanta United again keeps pushing, keeps pushing, and then Joseph scores one of the goals of his career which is what you say in something my the, god the all kind of skies into the air it's one of those things where you expect like four people to, to jump for it and a bunch of bodies to hit each other and the ball to not really go anywhere inside the box it was that kind of sky ball within the 18 yard box but joseph kind of glides over and instead of trying to head it or do anything like that or bring it down or, or all the normal things us regular humans could only dream of he decides to swing at it and go across his body, take it out of the air, and essentially just flick it up and down over the goalkeeper into the side netting on the far post from where he was running at full speed just a moment earlier. Yeah. Unreal. Crazy.
0: And, and yeah, like I, the thing that kind of sticks out to me about it the most, other than the sheer absurdity of the goal, is that he had like just whiffed on (laughs) a, on a great chance to score like a couple minutes before that. And it just shows that, you know, his confidence is unwavering. Like he's always going to take those. Yeah, exactly. Like he's always going to, to take those opportunities to, you know, do, do what he's paid to do essentially, you know, which is put the ball in the back of the net. But, you know, I, I I asked Gazan if that kind of, if that's like a, gives the player's confidence to see him kind of put that behind him, that bad moment behind him immediately and score a goal like that. And Brad was saying that, you know, the, the, his teammates have never had any kind of lack of confidence in him being able to score, which is yeah, totally totally right. But I do think that you know Joseph, <laughs> I, I I think I just put in our writers' room chat and for Dirty South Soccer that like he just is not right and he's like not in a good run of form and he's just a different looking striker I don't, I don't at this know point. If I can
1: say but, this, but I'm gonna say it because it's good info. Um, it. According to a source who has access to the second spectrum numbers which can tell uh, uh-huh. how much players are walking. Can I say that? I'm going to say it. How much players are sure. walking. Yeah. At a yes. certain rate of speed. Um, <laughs> there, There's the top two. The first one. Do you have any guesses on, on the first one? Because I immediately Ooh. went to one person. Gosh.
0: Honestly, I, I just don't watch so enough I, I to first league I guess it's all uh, uh, Iguain.
1: And I was yeah, right. Yeah. And halfway since it's, it's Pippa. Um, who his brother Federico, um, uh, is a pizza, which I forget which one he is. Federico. Uh, <laughs> he's yeah, first, um, and Joseph Martinez is second. Joseph is the second most walking. In the I mean, it's the worst thing in the world, uh, but it does kind of indicate <laughs> where he's at. I think as far as, um, his comfort, comfort level and putting in that kind of effort, that's kind of where we're at.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, like, listen, he's a different striker. Um, I would challenge if anybody has the 2018 MLS Cup on their DVR, go flip it on at some point and look at Joseph. Just like look at his body, and it's a different. He's a different looking guy. Like he's noticeably just a sharp, fitter, sharper athlete yeah. at that point in time. And that's what injuries do to you. It, it's it is unfortunate, you know, reality of the situation. Even still, he can do um, things like he did
1: yesterday. Yeah, that that ability to to finish doesn't necessarily leave
0: and yeah 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 for exactly and joseph has always been a, a, a <laughs> oh i was gonna say a walker like <laughs> yeah. he, literally like honestly remember remember in the when oh, 2018 started he like got into yeah. a brouhaha with a fan yeah because he was like offside too much i guess but that's like always been his thing Is like kind of lurk around offside let the play come to you Use your energy when it's needed when the ball can possibly be played into you. So um, but it's interesting hearing that, Sam, in the context of this stat that Chris Smith posted today on Twitter, which I quote tweeted so you can, you know, see it there, but I'll just repeat it here, which is that uh, you know, Atlanta United is actually last in all of MLS in possessions in the opponent's final third. Possessions or um, are pressures. And I think there are a lot of re- I'm sorry, uh, pressures, pressures, pressures. Um so essentially they're they're pressing the least. Of of any team it. in MLS, which is fascinating, first of all. Um, but I think there, you know, there are clear reasons. Joseph's physical health probably being one of them, like just in the fact that he is a different kind of kind of player at this point. He's dropping in a lot more, like into midfield, so he wants to get in some of those deeper positions. He's not wanting to push himself up and press against those center backs when the team's out of position, out of possession. Um, you could also look at like Gabriel Heinz's tactics, I don't think, help that uh and then, you know, you don't really have a, str- a natural kind of pressing striker behind Joseph either that you could throw in there like Kubo's. We we consider him like a kind of a work hard type of striker, but he's really not a pressing striker. He's not fast in that manner. He's not like a sprinter. So, um, yeah, no, that's interesting to hear because, I, mean, I mean, it does. It makes sense that, that Joseph would uh, would do that. But it's just great to see him score that goal to kind of get himself feeling confident and feeling like, you know, get him feeling like the old Joseph again from like a sports psychologist type of point of view. Heading into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, no, um, we'll see if we can get there. We're, we're heading into a tough game with NYCFC for multiple reasons. NYCFC, uh, I think they ended up leading the league in expected goal differential this year. They're very, very good. Their results don't really necessarily reflect that. Um, you got to go to Yankee Stadium, which Gonzalo, you or, or Pineda, not City Guayan, Gonzalo, Pineda, and Jeff Lourdes both talked about last night. It's <laughs> kind of given you, I think, Joe, you may have rephrased it as this as soccer vertigo essentially, uh, because Gonzalo mentioned the field feels kind of crooked. Jeff mentioned that there's no right angles. They aren't closed in in any way like you normally are um, on a field, and so it's tough to tell where you are positionally. It's a really difficult adjustment. It's the most difficult adjustment in the league, and it brings up a lot of questions about what Atlanta United want to do personnel-wise, formation-wise. You saw the effect of going to a back four yesterday, but Joe, I'm kind of thinking that Yankee Stadium. That having that security blanket, having that cautious back three, is maybe the way to go because you start throwing midfielders at the problem at Yankee Stadium. You usually end up hurting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's they had a ton of success with the back three. Really, they played a pretty much a straight up five three two when they played there in twenty eighteen. Uh, when they started that MLS Cup playoff run, went in there and did a really great job. You take away w- 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 with a back three. Or back five when you're out of possession, it's really just nullifying any sort of wide space, despite the fact that this it's already a, a narrow pitch, but you really force things into the middle and when you have a back three, you know, that's just kind of it is playing into your hands. I w I wouldn't be surprised if hell of both teams did that. I have no idea how uh how NYCFC kind of sets up their team to be per- they, they perfectly usually, honest. they kind of reverted um, back
1: to a four, two, three, one.
0: You know, it's it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be an interesting one because, uh, you know, we've been talking about this team kind of being kind of split into two. You like you've got your defensive set of players and then you've got this attacking front four. And. I think that actually sets up well for going into going into Yankee Stadium, um, you, you got you kind of want to break up the team like that because I remember in 28 or 2017, actually Tata Martino's first ever time going to Yankee stadium, they just pretty much play their exact same game, fullbacks overlapping and stuff. And they were just getting <laughs> ripped apart going the other way. Like that is, that is not the way you want to play it. And we talked about this a lot with Jeff. So again, I'm going <laughs> to promote that, that episode. If you're not a patron. Um, you know, sign up and, and and listen to that podcast. Cause he talks about really, you want to kind of have, like a set of players who are going to be your attacking threats and then a set of players who are going to be able to defend because the ball gets vertical so quickly on that field because of the narrowness the, the 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 both teams have to play so vertically you want to have guys yeah. in position to play so um I don't know I, I'm torn about how Gonzalo Pineda sets this thing up because I've been clamoring for him to go to a back four now for a few weeks uh, I think that we all saw how how beneficial it was for the team when he did that against Cincinnati but in this game that's yeah. probably you know may not be the, the right thing to do or maybe you set up in a back three and then you could change it afterwards yeah, yeah. kind of like know, they did against does. Cincinnati
1: some way they showed they could adjust which is good it's good to have that flexibility but I'm kind of there I think you go with with that kind of personnel with the three center backs and you try to get as many match winners on the field as possible you know if you, you don't leave out Marcy and Zeke and Louisa and Joseph you want those four on the field in this kind of scenario where you are on a field where you have to have those individual players who are able to do something in tight spaces be able to do those kind of things um so that's kind of Mm -hmm. my gut instinct right now we'll talk to gonzalo he may have something way more insightful and smart to say about that i'm assuming he will he's much more insightful and smarter than us
0: yeah and we should add that uh, Marcelino Moreno is, has been dealing with an injury now yeah. for the last couple of weeks. Hopefully they can get that straightened out with this international break coming up that you can get it, the re, all the rest it needs. And I'm sure that he would be available regardless, even if the yeah. game was like this weekend. Uh, but he has he missed all the training ahead of the Cincinnati matches, which is why he wasn't involved. Um and it's a, just an injury he's been dealing with. We know that he's been dealing with now for several weeks. Yeah. It's a foot injury. So, uh, Gonzalo Pineda says more of a pain threshold type of situation. But, you know, still yeah, thank, something to kind of keep an eye on heading into this break one. Is
1: coming and we can get Marcy healthy. You can get Santiago Sosa so healthy. Because without those two, this team is, yeah. is sputtering just a little bit. Would we'll, we'll sputter a little bit, right? Um, all right. I think about yeah. for sports program game time. Let's go ahead and get some questions after this quick break.
0: Before we get back into the show, I did just want to remind everybody that this episode of Five Stripe Finals brought to you by Lucid FC, that is Lucid footwear and clothing. You can visit them online at lucidfc.us and I highly recommend you go to their website to actually view the clothing because there's no way I can accurately describe to you within this short time frame the kinds of clothing that they have to offer. It's very unique. That's the only thing I'll say. But beyond that, you're going to have to go check it out for yourself. But I highly recommend that you do because you will not see anything like it anywhere. They've got everything to cover you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Literally, they've got all kinds of different clothing, including masks and anything else you would need for uh, the pandemic, of course. Definitely recommend you checking them out. They are local, too. A couple twins are the founders here from Atlanta. Uh, You can visit them at their shop in Atlanta at 3209 Paces Ferry Place Northwest. It's behind the Whole Foods and Buckhead. Really good guys. I met them before and really cool company that they've got going so definitely recommend everybody check it out lucid fc that's lucid footwear and clothing and you can visit them online at lucidfc.us use dss at checkout for free shipping
1: wow what a break what an amazing break we'll start with these two just because we had a couple questions about it they kind of fit within the same mold ryan dubb asks, is andrew Gutman's loan to ny red bulls Give them the option to buy because after these last few outings from George, I think we need some options at left back that are willing to shoot the ball. Goopman had a great year, supposedly. I'll go ahead and say that he did look really, really sharp many times uh against pretty much everyone with uh, with Red Bulls. Um Jonathan asked as well, maybe a small knock on Bello, but how much better would this team be with a left wing back that can serve or finish? Man, people are coming for George in this one. It's, it's really interesting. Man,
0: this is brutal. I don't. I haven't, I haven't like pointed. I haven't thought George has been like one of the, the weaker points of this team all year yeah. or recently, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, kind so,
1: of, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I've kind of come around a little bit to thinking that the fullbacks have been a relatively weak part of it. Other than their athleticism, you know, because folks and George do run so much. And it, to some extent, it's, it's not necessarily their fault because oftentimes they will run into space and people won't play them through. Um, Which isn't their yeah. fault, but at the same time, um, it, they just haven't maybe put up the numbers that, that you would hope for and haven't been the threats that you would maybe hope for.
0: I will say this, that, you know, the positions that they play require the most running on the team. They're the most physically exhausting positions to play. Uh, and. Those guys have played like every single yeah. game. Like especially Bello has been playing just an insane amount of soccer at a very difficult position to play. Uh, I thought it was good to see Ronald Hernandez get a start in this game against Cincinnati, and I thought that he was like useful. Yeah, yeah he, was, he, was, he he did some things. He got to the end line a couple times, um, and I thought when Brooks came on, he he had some liveliness about him as well. So. Unfortunately, Atlanta United just doesn't have the kind of rotation options that you can use on the left. I mean, it probably is Ronald Hernandez who you would use at, on, at left wing back, but that's clearly only like a emergency option if Bello
1: were not to be available. So I, w- I will yeah. say that um, if George uh, does leave, that, that people talk about Gooman, he does seem to be a very threatening ball player that yeah, he crosses uh, with some intensity. You know, it's one of those things; kind of looks like wrestle, uh, but from the left side, so mm-hmm. it's uh, he can be a threat. I think, I like that. you know, um, he's not going to be Julian. I don't think he's not going to be spectacular. But if George does leave, I, I think we can all kind of feel OK with what Andrew Gutman can bring.
0: Yeah, no. And uh, Andrew Gutman does not have a have a buy option in his contract. As far no. as I know, there exactly. hasn't been anything disclosed about that. So, um, no, I'm I'm pretty much planning on Andrew Gutman being uh, being Atlanta United's left back next year. So I'm kind of I'm thinking Atlanta United is going to have to sell Bello this offseason. Yeah, I can see it. Because he has something that has not been talked about it just, is Bello's contract situation. He signed his initial contract, his homegrown contract back in. Well, I, th- I guess it went into effect in, like January 1st, 2018 or whatever. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think that he's headed to Europe.
1: All right. There we go. There we go. Which we all would have sure. assumed anyway. Sure. I think. Um, Captain Five Stripes ask <laughs> that name kills me. Um, what's the biggest adjustment to make mentally between playing in the regular season versus the playoffs? Uh, we asked Jeff this on the Patreon episode. We keep referencing. And uh, he seemed to see, uh, suggest that it was about um, immediate focus. You know, um, if you dick around like you did against Cincinnati, that kills you against an ICSC. Mm-hmm. Right. Y- you can't do it. You just can't do it. And that was kind of his answer and made a lot of sense to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, what is. <laughs> <laughs> asking two two podcasters here. What's the mental adjustment to make in the playoffs versus the regular season? I don't, what mental, what mental adjustment am I making for <laughs> the playoffs? Uh, Joe Patrick, um, I think you're
1: going to, you're going to really try to I probably won't in. drink yeah.
0: alcohol during these games. I'll probably just stick to mm-hmm. water, uh, you know, just for the mental focus. You're really, really going to try to work through it. all uh, those things. kinds of things and
1: talk about in the questions too much lately. You know, you got to work through that, get that hitch out of your question asking, you know, you know, really yeah. work with a question coach, yeah. a press coach, you know, and get get your mind right. Yep. Your mind, right? Yeah. 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 That's kind Um, of how I'm focused. What Jeff said was, was much more insightful (laughs) and less stupid than that. Um, let's see. Christian asked this, which I think is interesting. Main show question. He says, I think the Boca out train is out of gas for now. However, if he was abducted by aliens, who would be a good replacement? <laughs> um, we, we have if so- something were to happen mm-hmm. to him, maybe Christian Ness <laughs> Um, so let's start with this Is, is the Boca out train out of gas? I think we've kind of mentioned that before. Has that opinion changed for you, Joe Patrick? I think we've both said that nah, he's going to be around.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I guess like the Boca out thing, I've always just kind of left that to fans. I've never really tried to stake a position on you know what. I've never said he should be out, uh, essentially. I think that they should put people around him in the front office to improve things. And I think that they have made some hires in that regard. So um, it's hard to tell. It's hard to say, like, how much any of those hires or people to be hired uh, have impacted things at this point. But, yeah, I mean, I think just in general, obviously, people want to hear our takes on, like, the construction of the <laughs> roster and an evaluation of Negra <laughs> uh, and I think that you know I think it's it's where where we've been critical of Bocanegra. I think that you know you look at things a lot differently now with the signing of a player who's clearly. Excellent. in Luis Araujo and, you know, Mateus Rosetto is really also showing his value to the squad after, you know, when when a lot of this kind of conversation was going on about Carlos Bocanegra, that was, you know, Mateus Rosetto was looking like a total um, non factor for this team. And so I think that he could have a big role to play in this playoff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, Bocanegra is his stock is like rising, I guess. <laughs> like you, you, you look at him in a better light now than you did in the middle of the summer. But I also think that there's some criticism still to be had over, over, uh, some of the signings and it has left this team really pretty thin. I mean, you've got like, you're, you're, you've got kind of a too many center backs <laughs> where you've got not just the three that you've been playing with Anton walks and, Alan Franco and Miles Robinson but then you've also got George Campbell who's looking like a very decent quality yeah. MLS center back who cannot really get on the field right now and then you've got kind of other areas of the team that are a lot thinner and you're like George Bello, like you have to use him in every single game you don't have a lot of central midfielders at your disposal right now part of that is due to injury but uh, you're just seeing an imbalance in the squad and I think that some of that has really taken its toll over the course of the season
1: uh, in getting the team to I've where it is before, but I think the replacement's already there and, and Demetrius Estathiu Um, I think that is the essential replacement for for Bocanegra, who is going to retain mostly the same position. I think they may rework the structure of that and probably already have considering Southview has been there for a while at this point. He came in in August. Mm -hmm. So I think that is what has changed and what will change. And hopefully those those tweaks will reflect on the field as well.
0: They've made uh, at least one hire, too, and in, in the recruitment team, yeah. just like in the scouting, like a data person. We, we so that helps a lot as well. People
1: to replace. You had McDonough leave. You had Lucy Rushin leave. Um, I think you had the head scout leave. I can't remember yeah. his name, but he left. So there, there's still spots to fill. Um, is there no one's replaced Tony and on, have they either? Yeah,
0: a Tony Tony. Well, it's 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 Matt right, Lowry. It's okay. Um He's been doing a lot of like first team training. He was like having to take first team uh, yeah, training right. with okay. Rob Valentino, though, for a while. Uh But yeah, I mean, yeah, the, no, there's been a lot of transition with the with the, with the club um, in the front office this season. So I think that I think that they're starting to kind of, you know, reap some of the benefits from that now as to, you know, when you had obviously the turbulence that you had uh, earlier this season. Um but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, is the ga- the gas is out of the, <laughs> the <laughs> out train
1: Boca lantern. Is, is that what we're talking about here? I don't know. man. <laughs> um, we'll think short term, though. That's, that's a long term idea. We'll think short term here. with This question again from Christian. If I ask rank the teams in the other half of the Eastern Conference bracket by the team you would least like to see in the finals. I just want to address this right off the top. We got <laughs> man, this is not a kind bracket for us at all. It almost would have been better to finish in sixth. Um no, I'm gonna rephrase <laughs> yeah, that. It definitely yeah. would have been better to finish in sixth than go play Nashville. Um it, because then you Yeah we put ourselves in murder's row here play, um Nashville and then you'd get um the winner of Red Bulls Philadelphia, which wouldn't be great, you know, but at the same time on this side we have NYCFC, who again led the league and expect to go differential. And then you have freaking new england who you know is only the, the mls record holder for points in a season um if you win
0: i was I, w- I was doing my i was doing my mls awards awards this morning it's like mvp no, no. carlos heel goalkeeper there yeah. matt turner it's like all these like you know Dave John Buchanan I think I put him in my something young player whatever so yeah they've got they got a lot of talent a lot of threatening threatening players it's uh, that's the reason why they're very good
1: you have that in front of you Um, so great awesome yeah. Um, on the other side of the bracket if they do make it through that I'll take anyone I'd I'd be shocked if Atlanta does to be totally honest Um, but at that point you're going to feel confident against anybody Um,
0: (laughs) it's MLS playoffs anything could happen New
1: England could get knocked out by the bye Exactly. That's how, um, team nah,
0: it's, um, would we have drawn, if if we had drawn that game against Cincinnati, would we have been in sixth? Do you know? Yes.
1: Yeah, that's right. We'd have been on 49 points mm. and sixth. Come on. Jason. Way to go, Joseph. Way to go. Um, <laughs> if I had to rank those teams on the other side of that bracket, I think Philadelphia is the last team I want to play. I think then it's Red Bulls. Um, and then I would go Nashville and Orlando would be the team I'd most want right now. They have not been phenomenal as of late. Yeah. And, you know, it's Orlando. Yeah it's 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 yeah i agree with that perfect. ranking completely perfect perfect joe do we want to do playoff predictions right now right here we have a little bit of time before rapid fire sure yeah okay sure um does it united beat in go
0: uh i don't think they, don't think they
1: do <laughs> sorry oops but I don't yeah, think, I think they seem would. to be too <laughs> high on it either. Uh, not to put words in his mouth. He, he could have totally <sighs> it. It's tough it's tough. You yeah, don't have a lot going for you. Really really difficult against a very good team. Obviously, I hope I'm wrong. Right? I'll be the first one to say I hope I'm wrong. Obviously, I'm wrong. but it's it's okay not to put confident, you know. Um didn't feel a lot yeah. very confident in, in the baseball team, right? Other other things, yeah, I was, yeah, I was just gonna say that. I didn't think the Braves were gonna um, it, win the it's World it's Series MLS either. Cup playoffs, it's gonna be absurd, no matter what. Um, this team, I think, <laughs> does have the ability to make a run and get far, especially with the talent they have up top. The, 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 the individual ability up top. I'm not sure they have the cohesiveness to have the high floor that you would expect from most teams that make a run in MLS Cup. I think the floor is really mm-hmm. low for this team, and we've seen that against Red Bulls and in the first half against Cincinnati. It, it's a little too. Wide of a of a gap between good at United and and bad at United for this team to to squeak through it and maybe make it through MLS Cup. Now, if good at United shows up for four games out of nowhere, awesome. Seems like they have a good chance than anybody. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. But I mean, I think just like if you were a, a betting man, like you would. I mean, maybe I a mean, four or five matchup is always going to relatively be a toss up, but just the Yankee Stadium aspect of it, like you know, New York yep. knows how to play there. They play really well. And the uh, point Jeff made that I hadn't really even thought about, but like, there are a lot of Atlanta nine mm-hmm. players who I have not played at the Yankee one. stadium. Before. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. and Brad, obviously, but yeah, I mean, it's tough. So, um, and then <laughs> it certainly wouldn't bet on either of those yeah. teams beating new England, like new, new England's just so good. So um, are we, are we doing our, all of our um, picks right now?
1: Sure. Why not? Why not? Who's, who's going to,
0: Nashville, orlando city nashville can we both like pencil in nashville for that one or you got something uh,
1: nashville's been so bad <laughs> um <laughs> they've both been not great uh yeah. undefeated we at have home a, have a bracket challenge in the discord i think i may already be sending that leak out or re-up that link the winner gets oh, nice. um to so patrick i don't know if you saw this the winner of the five star final bracket challenge gets uh to pick the topic of a five-star final segment and we have to talk about it for 10 minutes they can Ooh. come on if they want as okay. well i think was a stipulation I love it. um so uh, it uh god love i don't want to give away my secrets here but i think i may pick orlando as an upset there
0: oh yeah i mean i guess you would be giving if we pick this you would be giving yeah, away exactly. your whole bracket
1: okay. who, who comes out of the east yeah who comes we'll just out do of the, the east.
0: east we'll just do the east we'll just do the east all right um so I'm
1: sorry, what'd you, you say? Your, yeah. Orlando?
0: I, yeah. Orlando. Fuck it. Yeah. Oh who do I who, oh I think New England like, comes out of the East. Who do you think?
1: God, this is hard. <laughs> um I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Orlando. <laughs> Wow. After listening them last, interesting. As, as this it, it just seems like something dumb is about to happen. I don't know. It's, your guess is as good as mine. I love it. Chaos yeah, yeah, theory. Exactly. Um, out of the West, not Portland. I'm gonna go. God, I'd love it if it'd be Vancouver. I'd love it if it was not Seattle. I'd love it if it was Colorado. I, uh, sporting out of the West. I'm, I'm gonna change this forty times. But this is the audio record of this, I guess. Yeah. You say sporting? They were... That's what I was going to say, too. They lost last night to RSL, just just so we know. Just so we verify how stupid <laughs> hey, this short Hey, short-term, short-term
0: yeah. form does not matter for playoffs. <laughs> I'm on term that. Short-term
1: form uh, doesn't that matter learned. for playoffs. It does matter for rapid. Fire Joe Patrick. Tony Ask, in honor of oh, the World Series go. champion blooper, he's planning to come to a game one day that's nice of him um thoughts on how long until 89 gets a mascot i think i'm not worried about the length i'm more worried about what it's going to be right <laughs> and we i've already seen the correct answer thrown up in the discord and it, the answer is giant anthropomorphic train um <laughs> just <laughs> or maybe it's going to be like an anthropomorphic spike you can call him spiky and like have him run around. I oh, they yeah. tried to kind of like do it with the dog to some extent, but the, I don't know. Right. That'd be pretty cool. It'd be very SEC of them to just have a dog. Um, Be like, this is our mascot for whatever reason, but I don't know.
0: See, the the dog is kind of like the mascot, but to me, it's not officially the mascot until they give it the dog house yeah, exactly. on the side they of the field. It. Like yeah. that's when it becomes the mascot. <laughs> um, Yeah, I can definitely see a spiky or a trainee <laughs> <laughs> or
1: something like that. You I will know.
0: say I want to say Blooper has killed it though Blooper's
1: like, renaissance this year has I was, been remarkable. I was
0: not thrilled about the existence Looper's of Blooper existence when it first happened but God. Blooper <laughs> when it first came out but uh, Blooper turns out like he, he's <laughs> awesome. that is the
1: power of social media right Blooper. there too because he, he really hit his stride when he got at Twitter you know and he really hit a stride during the yeah. pandemic as well when he started with all the costumes one of them being uh, Gilly Soup Blooper where he just sit on the dugout and stay perfectly still while yeah, wearing camouflage, yeah. and it was hilarious. That's one of the best mascot bits I've ever seen in my entire life. So good. Um, so, so hopefully good. Trainee can live up to <laughs> to blooper. <laughs> good lord, man! Um, someone also pointed out that it could be like a, a Purdue Pete, but like ter- more terrifying. You know, like a railroad worker, um, <laughs> yeah. but scarier. Anyway um let's go ducks 96 asked both goals came after dom came in which we didn't talk about that this is true um your nom came in and we scored how much and how long will his contract (laughs) extension be Um, i guess that depends on whether or not Boko gets abducted by aliens um,
0: <laughs> he also like kind of started the chance that the one chance that Atlanta United had in the Red Bulls game at the very very end too. Um, so he's been kind of like effective in his in that role here these last couple of games. I have no confidence it would ever happen again the next time he comes in. But you yeah, know he's probably not getting paid
1: this uh, last season. Oh, and zero, cha- zero. zero chance, zero chance. Yeah. He's back. Um, Ducks uh, ask is Campbell the closer we need for a one goal lead? He says yes. I know, Cubo is our official closer Cuba's more like the, the human victory cigar i guess to have a closer though i yeah. think campbell is that i think campbell is the guy they feel comfortable stepping on and, and adding defensive reinforcement
0: yeah he's uh you could just you he can head everything away defensively he's yeah just a huge physical presence and not bad on the ball either so yeah for sure not what i wouldn't even mind him like coming in and play as a striker at the end of a game just like put yeah, him up in front do it do it
1: He's played there before as a as a Ute. All right, there we go. There we go. That was rapid fire. Joe, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, do we miss a question? Oh hey yeah, there's one more question here that we have from Michael Thornton. He says you guys constantly plug the song that opens your show, but what the hell is the name of the song that closes the show? It's hard to do a Google search when your only lyrics I can make out are ba 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 ba.
0: Thanks for tuning in everyone to this completely arbitrary internet content piece.